So, just want to talk about yesterday and the ride and dictate basically uh, what uh, what happened and my day and uh, maybe turn this into a blog post. I can transcribe it and write it out or uh, just release it in audio format, uh, which is much more listenable and uh, you know easy to, to digest. So, um, yeah, we did uh, the death ride yesterday in the California Alps. It's a uh, road bike race through five California mountain passes uh, up by Lake Tahoe areas between Lake Tahoe and Mammoth uh, in that mountain range right there. Beautiful forest um, high up above the desert below. And uh, we actually did basically three mountains. Um, so what we did was we start the race at, started about 4 a.m., got our bibs and our passes, and started to uh, started to ride about 5 o'clock in the dark. It was freezing cold. And um, you go up, uh, cruise across kind of the valley, down through a little town, and then you start working your way up the first mountain pass, which is Monitor Pass. Once you make it to the peak there, then you descend down the other side, which was, oh, my God, it was incredible. Super fast, super fun. Never been on a road bike before, and they closed the roads, and we're just flying down, just zooming down. Um, my top speed ended up getting up uh, to 48 miles an hour on the road bike, and just break around the turns and just cruise, and it was so fun. And we went from the pine trees all the way down to the desert floor below, hit the 395 uh, highway, which is a pretty iconic highway. California, turn around, and then we go back up the mountain pass that we just came down. So they call that, they count that as two passes. Um, and we did that with the, the next mountain range. We went up and then down the backside and then back up. And then finally, we went up another mountain and uh, went to the pass there and then just came back down instead of going back down the other side. So you end up having five really big uphill slogs, and um, you're basically on three different mountains is really what it ends up being. So the first pass was uh, Monitor Pass, the second pass was Ebbets, and then the third and final one was Carson. Uh, it's a total of 15,000 feet elevation gain, um, and... 129 miles ride uh, if you do if you complete all five passes. So um, yeah, ended up pulling it off. Ended up uh, making it to all five passes, but not without some adventure and some mishap. Uh, about 80 miles in, I uh, was going too fast around a turn. The turn wasn't really clearly marked. It said slow down, and I slowed down, but it basically, you know, the sign should have said basically, hey, there's a hairpin turn right here. You're basically going to have to come to a stop. There was no speed or mileage per hour or anything like that. It just said slow. And so the hairpin turn really, really snuck up on me. I was going too fast. I almost went over the edge, skidded my tires left, right, left, right, pumped the brakes, 
skidded again, and then finally, um, you know, laid the bike down and flew over the handlebars, hit my face on the ground, bent the rim. The whole tire was sticking out the side of the rim. It wasn't even on the rim anymore. It knocked the tire off the rim. So I grabbed the bike, pedaled down a little bit on the bike, looked down at the tire, saw that it was jacked up, get down a little bit, get off the bike, feel my shoulder, hit that a little bit, scratched it up, feel my face. Everything seemed fine. Did kind of a physical assessment. Then I looked at the bike and I saw that the tire was off, uh, which seemed to be good news to me. So I was like, huh, maybe I could just put the tire back on and the bike would be fine. So let some air out of the, the, the tube and manhandled the tire back onto the rim and uh, then aired it back up. And at that point, um, I think they call it SAGS, but it's basically a guy on a motorcycle came up the road and he uh, had a whole bunch of tools and things like that and an air pump. So he, he ended up airing up my tire. And then we looked at, took a look at the, the, the tire, spun the rim, and it was completely bent. I mean, like completely wobbling all over the place. So he tightened the spokes and loosened some of the other spokes and tightened them and tried to true up the rim. Um, and we got it pretty damn close, but it was still wobbling like crazy. And so what he told me to do is go down to see this other mechanic, and uh, he had a, um, a spoke wrench, and we'd be able to, uh, you know, work on the bike a little bit more. So um, thank God for that guy, and I ended up riding down, meeting with the other guy, and he kind of trued up the tire even more, but it was still jacked up. I mean, the, the rim's just bent. It's just unfixable, basically. Um, so, yeah, you know, thank God I didn't go over the edge. Thank God I didn't get too hurt. I was a little bummed out. And to be honest, I was completely bummed out. Um, this was a rental bike, and I didn't know how expensive it was going to be, you know, five, 600 bucks possibly. Um, and, you know, I thought my ride was over because the tire was still jacked up. They weren't able to fix the tire. It was wobbling like crazy. So I asked the guy, I said, hey, man, would you ride this thing? And, He's like, yeah. He's like, I'd ride it. So I was like, hmm, okay. So that was about 80 miles in out of 130 miles. And so after that, I'm biking and biking across the, the plane, and I'm just kind of just deflated. Um, you know, I had just done four passes. I only have one left. But I was basically going to quit the race. And... Right at this point, you actually pedal past your car, and uh, it's a perfect time to just actually just quit the race. Um, and so I was really, really contemplating it, really, really thinking of giving up. I, I, I thought basically my ride was over, and I was going to have to go to the bike shop and spend all this money. My mind basically went worst-case scenario, and... Uh, and I just wasn't in the race anymore. I, I was euphoric with the race before with my progress. I'd just done four passes. I didn't even think I was going to be able to pull this ride off at all. I didn't think I had the physical fitness to do it. I had my doubts. And, you know, at that point, right before the crash, I was flying and just having so much fun, just so happy that I was making good time. I was going to finish the race early. I was going to get some beers afterward and 
wait for my friend who was a little slower than me and so would still be on the on the track. And then that 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 happened, the wreck happened. And so I basically, you know, just rode across the valley. I was going super slow because the, the back tire was wobbling all over the place. Was afraid to go downhill fast. Um, and then I just said, you know what, screw it, man. I'm going to keep riding. And so I did. I just kept pedaling and pedaling and pedaling. And I got myself back into the into race mode, got myself excited about the race again, started having fun with it started realizing that, hey, man, I'm still out here. I'm still racing. I'm still having a good time. I'm still pulling something off that it was a physical feat that, I, you know, I've not been able to do uh, in the past. And, like, this is an incredible achievement. Just got myself pumped about the race again. Got myself in the present moment. I said, you know what, I'll worry about the expensive bike repair later. Because, like I said, this was, was a rental. And so I ended up getting up the mountain, getting to the final pass, completing the race. One funny thing is I'm at the top, and I go to get my bike to go downhill. And, you know, you know, make the last, you know, maybe 20 miles back to the car. And I feel the tire, and it's completely flat. I mean, it's, it's flat. It's not there's no air in it whatsoever. And I'm like, how long has it been like this for? Like, did I bike up this last pass with no air in the tire? And to be honest, I think I did. Uh, because I since pumped, after that I pumped the tire up and it holds the pressure for quite a while, but not that, that long. And so I think that last, you know, bit going up the, the mountain, I did on a, a bent rim and a flat tire, uh, which is kind of cool, you know. Made me feel really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, that was basically the race um, as far as the race. Came back down and finished, you know, got a, got a little badge saying that I finished. And so that was the race. But, oh, my God, there were so many moments in between all of that. And... You know, sometimes I wonder, like, why am I doing this? Like, why would I go bike 130 miles in a single day? Like, what's the point of that? I mean, it's, it's you know, by, you know, anybody's standards, miserable. You know, it's, it's, you're really just pushing yourself to the limit of your endurance and your, you know, mental capacity and really just, just pushing your body to a new place that's probably never been before. And, you know, not only that, not only am I doing it, 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 I chose to do it. You know, I paid money to do this race. So, what was the good things that came out of it? I, I, to be honest, when I signed up for this race, I didn't know. I just said, hey, you know, I climbed Kilimanjaro last year. I want to keep in shape. I want to stay in shape. This will give me an excuse to, to work out. It will give me a goal to work towards and a, and a motivation to actually work out. Because otherwise, I'm not really going to work out that much. I, I don't really care about, you know, looking good. Um, I mean, I want to look decent, but, you know, I don't have this, like, burning desire to have, like, six-pack abs. And, you know, that's not really a motivator for me. Um, so what gets me to the gym 
what gets me, you know, exercising and working out is, is, is basically having these committed things that I can't really get out of. Like, all right, you're going to climb Kilimanjaro. Well, it's like, well, you better be in shape for it. You know, you better be prepared. And so I got prepared for it. Then the same thing with this. I mean, it's 130 30 miles, 15,000 feet elevation gain. You better be ready for it. You know, it's coming whether you're ready or not. So I got into the gym, and I really, really worked out, and I, I prepared for this race. Not as much as I would have liked, but I got uh, pretty damn prepared. So, again, why do this race, you know? So on to the awesome, awesome things. I mean, this this really ended up being a, a life-changing, pivotal day for me. Um where I completely realized some absolutely profound things about how your body works, how the mechanisms in your mind and your body work, how uh, we, you know, people influence one another, and basically, you know, how to tap into a deeper level of endurance and action uh, that I was never, you know, really fully aware of before. I mean, this is, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I had a crazy pivotal day. So, um, one of the awesome things about the race, one, the downhill. I mean, that was so much fun. Um, the other thing that was absolutely incredible about the race was they closed the roads. And so you're biking through the California, they call it the California Alps. I mean, it's just pine trees everywhere and lakes and snow-capped, craggy, rocky mountains. It really, really, really looked like Switzerland to me. Uh, and Switzerland's a place that I've always wanted to go, and this looked exactly like that. And I'm not in a car flying by these things where you see it briefly. Is it flying past and you don't really have time to digest? You're on a bike, and so you can look out and really, really just take in the scope of the environment that you're in. And so, oh, my God, that was just totally awesome. Um, the other thing is that event coordinators had some pretty cool stuff uh, right at the bottom of the second pass right before you go back up to actually ride the second path, they had Smokey the Bear there. And I've always seen the wood signs, and I've never seen Smokey the Bear, not in anything, no cartoons or commercials or, you know. And I got to meet Smokey the Bear. Uh, so that was super cool. Um, and then the other thing is the camaraderie. Um, so the second well, actually, yeah, the second pass that I'm biking up, um, I see this guy, and, you know, he's he's a little bit faster than me, just a little bit faster than me. And so I decided that, hey, man, I'm going to try to keep up with him, try to keep pace with him. So I, I'm biking up next to him. Me and him start having a good conversation, really, really good conversation. We start talking about efficiency on the bike and holding it steady and, you know, and we just end up chatting and come to find out this dude's super legit. Um, his wife uh, runs Boston Marathon, which come to find out you have to, like, run a sub-three-hour marathon or something like that to even qualify. 
So he's been preparing for that. This bike ride, this 130-mile bike ride, is really just preparation for him to try to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So what he's trying to do, I think he's trying to get under sub-four-hour marathon, which is just incredible. Um, so the dude's super legit, and he's done this ride before. So me and him are just chatting and talking. And then, you know, it kind of got to a point where I just couldn't really, you know, keep pace with him anymore. I was start, starting to get tired. So I let him go ahead. And then, you know, some fire kicked into me and said, hey, man, you know, pick it up. Like, you and him can go down together. And so I ended up catching up to him, uh, which is surprising because he got so far ahead of me. And so I ended up catching up to him, and then he spent a little time at the rest stop, whereas I, you know, didn't need to rest, so I just continued on. And so I ended up way ahead of him um, somehow. And then, so I'm ahead of him, and I start going up the, the second, or the third mountain pass, uh, Ebbets. And this guy comes cruising up behind me, pulls up next to me, and he's full of enthusiasm and full of positivity. Young guy, tall dude, big guy, right? Like, thin as can be, but he's a big frame dude. Like, he's probably 6'2 or something like that. Turns out he's from Utah. Um, he had some accent. Turned out he's actually originally from the UK. He's British. And he starts talking to me, and we start making jokes. And at one point, he started filming me because he's like, dude, you're a beast. Like, this is crazy. He's like, you're just cruising up this mountain. And this was technically the, the hardest part of the ride, the steepest part of the ride. And me and him are just making jokes, talking, and just flying up the hill. We started talking trash on the mountain. We started making jokes because he could see on his little, you know, bike clock thing, what the percentage grade was, and we were at the 11% grade, which was one of the, the steepest grades that we faced, and so we were joking around like, oh yeah, this 3% grade is just nothing, and we're passing all these people, and they're laughing, because we're just, just make, completely making light of the most difficult part of the ride, I mean, it is the most difficult part. And you could be in the zone where you're just slogging it out and just down and depressed and you're just in your body and just, uh, you're, you're feeling miserable, but you know, you're not going to give up because you're a warrior and you're doing this race and there's no way out of it. You're not going to give up. That would be way horrible. So you just keep biking and pedaling and biking and pedaling, even though you feel like crap, right? That can happen. But instead, with this guy's enthusiasm and with me responding to it, you know, next thing I know, we we're flying up the mountain. And then I'm actually pushing him. I'm ahead of him, standing up on the pedals. He's keeping up with me. We're laughing. And then uh, we're passing people. He's like, man, I didn't expect to be passing people. He's like, this is, like, this is making me feel really good. Like, I didn't even think I was in shape for this. We're passing I mean, we passed so many people going up. It was crazy. So then, amidst all that, <laughs> some guy comes and passes passes us. 
amidst all that, some guy comes and passes us. And the UK dude was like, oh, my God. Like, he was like, nobody passes us. He's like, who are you? Turns out that guy's British, too. And he's a total beast. And so, basically, they just kind of just started riding together and keeping pace with one another and uh, left me in the dust, right? And, you know, and then, you know, once I got about, you know, you know, more than 50 feet behind, you know, I wasn't feeling his enthusiasm and, and that positivity, and, and then I, I started getting back into my body again, and the ride started seeming more difficult, and I started pedaling slower and having a harder time, started getting more out of breath. And then next thing I know, they're gone. They're way ahead. And a lot of the people that I was passing were starting to pass me again. And that's my kind of my whole point here is your mental attitude really, really affects your bodily performance. The body responds to what the mind is doing. So when I was laughing and having fun, we were flying up the mountain. And then once I got far enough behind and I started to come to the realization that, oh, man, they're faster than I am. I'm not as fast as that. I can't keep up because my endurance isn't there. They're in better shape than me. Then that story actually started to take over and started to make me feel worse. Um and so I started to slow down and started to actually, you know, really experience some of the, the negative effects. Um, and now, granted, it's it, I'm, I'm saying one thing, which is it's all in your head. It is all in your head. That's a flat-out truth. But, granted, I can't keep pace with everybody um, because I don't have the skill set to do so, right? Um, maybe skill on the bike. Maybe it's skill mentally with controlling my mental attitude. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's the endurance factor. Um, but I don't think so. Um, so I, you can't keep pace with everybody. So it's understandable to, like, work within your – to have some sort of limit. But even then, I really don't believe that we have a limit. I think that our mind is the limiting factor. And if we're able to really come to enjoy what we're doing – then the body will start to enjoy what it's doing. It will just unleash a whole new realm of performance. You know, things that were hard will become easy. And in that respect, your actions and your output will double, triple, quadruple, whatever it ends up doing quantifiably. And so, you know, when I started getting behind then the next thing I know, the body starts to feel sluggish and slow, right? But the, 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 the thought came before the effect in the body, right? The thought came before the effect in the body. And then I start looking at people ahead of me, the, you know, seeing their big old calves and their, you know, cycling jerseys and their, you know, quads and their glutes. And they're just, I mean, they look like beasts, and I go, oh, man, they got, you know, better bikes than I do. They've got better quads than I got. Their quads are bigger. They've got, you know, better calves than I got. It, as long as those thoughts are going through your head, your body is going to agree with it and be like, yep, stay behind this person. You can't pass that person. Because 
what I would end up doing is I'm pedaling up, and I would see a guy who looked impressive, and I would get behind him and be like, I'm not, basically, I'm not worthy to pass this guy. He's got the big calves. He's probably more in shape than I am. And so I would feel like I couldn't pass him. But it's really just a story in my head. It's like I'm looking at him going, he's so great. When in reality, if I were telling myself a different story, like I'm a beast, you know, I'm a maniac, then I could probably fly past that guy, even though he looks impressive and he definitely is impressive. Does that make sense? So um, so that happened. And then, you know, I slowed down. And then the other guy that I ended up passing earlier in the day, he ended up catching up to me and started talking to me, giving me words of encouragement. So then, you know, we biked with each other for a while. He ended up staying at the rest stop too long again, and I ended up getting ahead of him again. And so we're going back. We started just to, after we did two rest stops, and then we started back up the hill again, and I started pedaling it. You know, it's mentally, it's, it's tough. It's mentally exhausting, and, you know, I'm starting to, like, feel like I don't enjoy this. Uh, and I'm pedaling and pedaling and pedaling, and then here comes that guy again. He catches up to me, and uh, and then he passes me, right? And so he's just a little bit ahead, not much, but he basically went past. We, me and him biked together for a little while. He gave me some encouragement, and we were talking and stuff, and I was keeping pace with him. But after a minute, I was like, you know what? I'm just exhausted and, you know, little you know, low blood sugar, blah, 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 I'm just going to have to let him go ahead. And then as soon as I started thinking that way, all of a sudden some sweat came on my brow, wetted the sunscreen that I just put on, and then went into my eye. <laughs> so I was fine up until I had that thought, and the next thing I know I'm sweating, and that caused sunscreen to go in my eye, which hurt crazy bad. I couldn't see. I just stopped the bike. So that's when I had to let him go ahead. I was like, oh, i got to stop the bike. But I'm telling you, I had the thought before the sunscreen went in my eye. And I, I think if I never had that thought, I probably would have never sweated, which would have caused the sunscreen never to go in my eye, right? So anyway, some lady comes up. She tells me to, like, wash my eye out. So I wash out with my water bottle, and I'm ready to go. And so now I'm really far behind this guy. And this, out of nowhere... I'm biking again, and this kid comes up to me, and I hear him on my side, and he doesn't want to pass me, but he wants to ride with me. So he rides up next to me. I don't think he, he really, I, I don't think he's up to physical fitness to really, really just blow past and, like, pass me up. Um, and maybe his mental thing told him that he couldn't. He couldn't actually pass me. I don't, I don't know what was going on with him. But this, anyway, this kid pulled up next to me. And, you know, I start making some sounds like, you know, ooh, ah. You know, it's like little, uh, you know, little things that actually, like, they're almost like incantations. You can start singing a song, right? And they basically, you know, make you feel really good. So he came up, and I was like, you know, like, all right, all right, all right. Like, I got to step it up. Got to step it up. Right? This is that self-talk that starts happening. But it's all kind of automatic for me. So I start pedaling faster. Well, it turns out this kid kind of took to the fact that I was, like, 
making these like you know grunt, Indian grunting sounds. And, you know, he knew what I was doing, and he said, "Hey, man, you want to do a?" Uh, and I'm going to call it an incantation, but he called it something else. So you want to do a this? And I was like, "Ah, uh, like, yeah." And I was like, "But I was like, to be honest, I don't know what this is. Like, what do you mean? Like, what are you what are you talking about?" He goes, "Okay, so I'm going to do." I'm going to say psycho, and then you're going to say maniac. He's all, and then he's all, but match my tone when I say it. So I'll say psycho, and then you go maniac. So he goes psycho, and I go maniac. Then he goes psycho, and then I go maniac. And I was like, huh, and we kind of started to do it, trying to get into like a rhythm, and something was a little off, felt a little weird. We weren't quite getting there. I was like, well, I was like, I'm doing what you're saying, bro, but it's not working. And he's like, oh, wait. He's like, I'm doing it wrong. He's all, you, when I say psycho, you say psycho. And then when I say maniac, you say maniac. So he'd go psycho, and then I'd go psycho, and he'd go maniac, and then I'd go maniac. And so we start doing this thing. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac, right? We just keep building it, building it, building it. And within a few seconds, I had felt a complete shift in my body. The, the, this grueling grinding uphill, just the wore out grinding, grueling uphill, started to like, fade away and I started to pedal faster just I'm telling you automatically I wasn't like pedaling faster and being like push into the pain and like suck it up and like let your heart rate go up and just you know screw it just you know endure it wasn't like that it was like I started saying these words and then the body just responded automatically next thing I know I'm standing up on the pedals this is automatic again my heart rate's not going up I actually feel freer lighter Easier. I'm going faster now. He's going faster. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Next thing we know, we caught up to that dude who I had to stop because the sunscreen was in my eye. We completely caught up to him. He was way far ahead. We were going so fast. Not only just... I was just, I've been struggling all day just to keep pace with this guy. Just to keep pace with him. It's so hard. I started feeling like I was going to vomit or something like that. Next thing I know, I'm going so fast that I just, I've caught up to this dude. And so I caught up to him and I didn't pass him. I just stopped and started riding with him, keeping pace with him again. And I was like, oh wow, he made it. And I, you know, then I turned around and then the other kid was gone. He, uh, he just kind of fell behind and just let me ride off with it. No, like, you know, what, what was that? Like, this kid just rides up and just gives me all this encouragement, just pushes me forward, shows me this rad, like, mental tool to, like, unleash new power within the body. And, you know, as we were doing these incantations, I'm, I'm going up. There was a moment where I was like, all right, fine, like, fine. I will stop feeling bad about my situation. 
Like, I just released it. I was like, fine. Like, you want, as this kid wrote up and said, hey, man, he basically said, hey, man, be happy. And uh, finally, I was like, okay. You know what? Fine. I'm going to be happy right now. I'm going to let my mood shift. And so I did. I just let the mood shift. And I was like, whatever. Like, I'm going to quit hating the fact that I'm, you know, 65 miles into a grueling bike ride. It's hot. And I got a whole kill to climb. Yeah, I just let all that go. I was like, why? Why sit there in that mind space? You know, I'm out here doing this. Why am I going to sit here in this mind space of being like, oh, this sucks, but I have to do it anyway? Like, your body, this is what I realized. Your body is 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 almost like a separate person than your brain is. And so if your brain is in that mind space, the body's going to follow that mind space. But if your brain is in a, a, a positive, happy mind space, then the body is just going to naturally be positive and happy. It doesn't matter the fact that you're climbing up a mountain, which I think most people would consider, you know, a miserable place. Like, is it a miserable place? Like, I spent $130 and drove, you know, seven hours through the night to, like, get there and, and to do this race. Like, why am I telling myself? Why, why am I sitting in this mind space of, like, this sucks. It doesn't make any sense when you think about it like that. And that's what this kid showed me. Just completely transformed my life in that moment. Completely transformed my life. I realized in that moment that your thoughts manifest in the body. I felt it. I experienced it. It's not just something to say, like, You've heard that before, right? You know, Tony Robbins talks a lot about that. You know, your thoughts, and, and you know, you got to work on your thoughts. But it's easier said than done. And it doesn't, you know, people get to the point where they go, yeah, your thoughts. You know, your thoughts mean something. So they, you try to say something nice to yourself in the morning. It's way, way, way deeper than that. What I'm basically saying is there's almost no limit to the potential of your body to... There's no limit to the amount of energy that your body has. Like, you have enough energy to make it through your day. You have enough energy to take the kids to school and to drop them off at daycare and to pick so-and-so up. You have enough energy to do the dishes after you just cooked an entire meal. You have enough energy to wake up at 4 a.m. even though you went to bed on a school paperwork assignment, homework assignment at 1 a.m. in the morning. Like, you have that the energy, your body has the energy, the thing that really doesn't allow you to access it is this headspace. Because the body follows the headspace of the mind. So if you can transform the headspace of the mind, you suddenly and instantly unlock the potential of the body. And this is without having to do, you know, 500 years of endurance exercises or 500 years of conditioning the body, not to say that you don't need to do those things. You do need to do those things, but they're not as big of a deal as changing your mind space. Your mind space can literally take you from 2x production to 10x production instantaneously. I mean, if that's not a secret, I don't know what it is. Like, this is an incredibly empowering realization to have, okay? But there's a catch. 
what's the catch? The catch is it's not easy to change your headspace, right? It's as much work changing the headspace as it is to run a mile, right? So you know when you're running a mile or, you know, two miles on a treadmill and you're getting tired and you have to kind of push through it? That, that same exact thing you need to do with your, your headspace, with your mind space, in order to transform it. You have to figure out a way to, to transform your mind space. And it's hard to do. It's, it's a skill, and it also requires a lot of energy. But if you put your energy into that, it, the, the effect is profound. Rather than putting your energy into, oh, I'm just going to push into my heart rate. Like, if you're doing an endurance exercise, you're just going to push into your heart rate. Man, you're going to hit a limit really, really fast, really fast. I mean, your heart can only beat so fast, and then you're going to start feeling like you need to vomit, right? And you're going to be miserable on top of it. It's the same thing with you wake up in the morning, you got 500 things to do. Well, do you push into that stress? You know, that's one way to – I think that's the go-to way of how we think we need to handle it. Like, oh, quit being a bitch and, you know, man up to the stress and just push through the stress. So you're slamming through emails and you're stressed and you're just, oh, man, I'll do the dishes and you're stressed. and Oh, I'll fold the laundry and you're stressed. And, you know, I'll do this and I'm stressed and I'll brush my teeth and I'm stressed. But guess what? Stress don't get me down. I just push through it. I mean, that way of doing things, oh, it sounds miserable. And so what I'm saying is instead of pushing into the stress or pushing into your exhaustion, push into your mind space, to transform your mind space into a healthy and a happy place, and the potential within your body will completely unlock, right? It takes this, you know, almost the same type of effort going into the mind space as it does doing, you know, pushing through stress or pushing through, you know, the endurance, but what it results in is no stress. Once you get it, once you get that mind space where it needs to be, the stress evaporates. Once you get that mind space where it needs to be, the, the, the endurance aspect of like, oh, this sucks, that just, it just evaporates. And that, it's gone. So you, all of a sudden, you're doing, you know, whatever you need to do during the day. You're biking, if that's what you're doing. You're, you're doing the dishes, but you're doing it in a happy mental state. And so you're... You know, your, your actual actions, what you're getting done is getting done. You, you can get so much done that way. And you can do it day after day because it's not just about, like, pushing through misery. It's not about pushing through misery. It's about figuring a way out how to do things that your brain is telling you that are miserable but aren't actually miserable. So get out of your old mind space and put on a new one, right? So me and that kid were biking, and we started putting on the psychomaniac mentality. And I started to feel, like, oh, man, I'm a psychomaniac, you know? And I started to feel like a, like a crazed you know, killer, like stalking my prey. And there's bikers ahead of me, and I'm just going to stalk them, like, I'm so fast, like, it's like being in a dream, you know, those dreams you get where you can't run fast, but, like, the enemy can, they can run always faster than you, or you run super slow, and they're just faster, or you 
see that horror movie where the dude is, you know, he's just unstoppable. You know, whatever they do, they, they, they got a gun. It doesn't matter. They're just powerless. This guy just, you know, just, they, they shoot at him. They always miss. <laughs> you know, like anything they try, they're just powerless, right? I put on that mentality. You know, I'm the psychomaniac. I'm the psychomaniac. And I didn't put it on, like, intentionally. All I was doing was just saying, psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac, right? So I ended up catching up to this dude. And uh, I rode with him for a little while. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I slacked back down to my old mindset. And, uh, you know, I, he ended up pushing ahead of me again and, and getting going. You know, he's just, he was just a little ahead of me. He wasn't much ahead of me. Um, and then after that, when my crash happened, and we continued on. So then, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, this whole day is, so that happened. I crashed, and now I'm in a really dejected mind space. I'm just in a, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm you know, man, and I'm, I, I'm like, I was going too fast. I should have never been going that fast. You should just go slow. And so I started pedaling slower. When I went downhill, I went slower, which I needed to because my tire was wobbling. But at the same point, I just I just didn't feel as aggressive as I did the whole day. I just really just felt like giving up. And then people were passing me up. And, you know, I'm looking at them. And they're, again, their calves and their quads. You know, I'm just not feeling worthy to, to really be there. And I'm feeling kind of embarrassed. And, you know, I almost gave up. I almost gave up. I almost threw the towel. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to get my head back in the game. Got my head back in the game. Started pedaling again. And this is when the pivotal moment happened. We biked about halfway up the last mountain pass. And it's a long haul. It's like 50 miles, right? We biked about halfway up. And going up, there's people with these fancy bikes like colorful like tape on their bike and they're flying past me and I'm passing people I'm making I'm going fast but there's just these people who are just way faster than everybody else they just started passing just lines and lines and lines of people and this guy this guy with clear glasses and a blue t-shirt blew past me blew past everybody else I mean this dude was quick and he looked like he was enjoying himself he looked fresh he didn't look tired at all I was exhausted. He looked completely new. I'm like, wow. Like, dude, I'm not on that guy's level. And then some other dude passed me with the colorful tape on his handlebars. He flew past me. Some other person with a colorful bike flew past me. And then I ended up meeting up with this old guy, and we were riding pace together. And he was riding behind me, drafting me. And then he goes, hey, man. He's like, I'll go ahead, and you take a break and, uh, you know, draft behind me. So he ends up going ahead of me, and it's supposed to be a break, right? And so, ah, man, I immediately feel my body relax. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to chill behind this guy. It was not a break at all. This guy's going fast, and I had to keep up with him. And, yeah, I'm drafting him, so, like, the wind and all that. No, we're going so slow. The, The wind factor was not a big deal, like, I could see if the wind was really, really blowing, 
and he's in front of hiding from the wind in like a pocket behind him. That was not happening. We're basically just placebo effect drafting. Like, I'm behind this guy acting like I'm taking a break, but really I'm actually just having to pedal faster to keep pace with him. It was not a break. But the placebo effect, I felt like it was a break because my mind space changed to I'm no longer in the lead. He's in the lead. He's pushing against the wind. I'm shielding myself behind him from the wind, and I'm taking a break because he told me to take a break and rest behind him. And also, we're going to do this together. So, again, the mind shift, the mind space completely shifted. So me and him end up biking up to get to a rest stop, and we kind of gave each other a high five. And I mean, we did it. It was pretty, pretty damn awesome. So after that, I hop on the bike. And I take off. And I'm biking, and I'm biking, and I'm biking. And it's a slog, and it's tough. People are passing me. and I passed a few people, and we're just going and going and going and cruising and cruising and cruising. And, uh, you know, again, more people are passing me. I'm passing some people. I'm doing okay. I'm not doing terrible, but a lot of people are passing me. And there's lines of people, and I'd be, like, in the middle of the line, and then some dude would come fly past all of us, right? And then I started saying, I'm going to do this psychomania thing. I don't have that, that kid with me anymore to, to play off of, but I was like, I wonder if it'll work if I just say it to myself. So I started doing it, sort of going, psycho, psycho, mania, mania. I started soft. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. Next thing I know, I'm standing up on the pedal. <coughs> I'm flying, flying, and I start catching everybody who passed me up. And then all the next thing I know, I'm just like, I'm a beast. I started you know, visualizing actually being this, you know, like a tiger, like a crazy, like, like, like not even like an animal, but like a beast, just galloping on all fours. And I would pick someone way up in the distance and be like, I'm going to devour them. And I'd psycho, psycho. And, and then, you know, a little bit in there, i go, ah, nah, just be exhausted. And I'd just be like, no, psycho, psychomaniac, psycho, psychomaniac, maniac, right? And I'd just keep with that. And I just kept ignoring the other thought, the, the other one that was like, take a big sigh and let your legs become heavy. I was just like, I'm just not going to do that. I'm just not going to let this come over me. So I kept doing the psychomaniac thing, and I started blowing past people, literally everyone. All the people were passing me up. I caught up to and passed. I was passing lines and lines of people. It felt free and easy. It felt easier to go faster than it did to go slower. It actually, I was shifting down a gear, like to make the pedaling easier. It felt worse. It felt like exhaustion. I'm like, huh? I'm like, that, that's, that's for that mind space. That's that exhausted mind space. It goes together with it. Like, huh? Like, it feels actually easier to pedal harder and faster. Like, this is nuts. 
Like, how is this possible? Just flying, flying, flying. And then it got to a point where I was doing the psycho, psychomaniac, maniac thing so long that, you know, I got kind of sick of it. And I was like, I'm going to have to chase this up. Like, I can't just keep feeling like a beast. Like, it's, it, the, the effect wore off, right? I, I already devoured, like, you know, 20 people. Like, I felt like I devoured them when I would pass them up. Again, you know, David Goggins talks about taking souls, you know. I just felt that way. And I know how it feels to get passed up. Like, they get a wave of exhaustion, whereas I get a wave of exhilaration. It's wild totally wild so I I was like huh I was like, I'm going to just do something different and so I started saying that I was Bobby Slay and I was like I, I needed something that, that felt good I couldn't just pick anybody you know like I tried Michael Jackson that didn't quite work I tried Ed Sheeran that didn't quite work and I was like ah, who can I be I was like I'm going to be motherfucking Bobby Slay like you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the the complete beast mode that the you know the psychomaniac was. It's motherfucking Bobby Flay, and I started making jokes about how these people I was gonna take them to the kitchen, and even people who passed me up. You know, there's a few people who were just studs and they passed me up, and I'm like, oh yeah, you want to get taken to the kitchen? I was like, nobody passes Bobby Flay. Nobody is like, I'm about to take you to the kitchen and we're going to serve you up something nice. And next thing I know, I'm pedaling faster than I'm in that zone again. And I caught a lot of these people. A couple of them I didn't, because like I said, they were just, I mean, they're studs. Uh, and by stud, I don't just mean guys. There was girls, too, who were, who were flying past. One girl that passed me up, she had her name, like Wendy Nickelroy or something like that actually printed on her shorts right on her ass I was like oh wow okay you know that's nice you know like go go Wendy like you you rock so I tried to catch her and I thought I did catch her uh, but it was actually ended up being some dude that she ended up passing that I ended up catching so Bobby Flay didn't quite get to serve her up the souffle that he wanted to but he was pretty damn close so then Bobby Flay kind of quit working and we round the corner, and I see the last hill, and it was a mindfuck. It's this long arch, and steep as hell, and at the end of, you know, 120 miles, like, it's, you're just exhausted, and just to see this steep hill, it looked like, looked like Lord of the Rings or something like that, and I, I, I was just like... This is going to challenge my mindset right now. Like this is this this is threatening to break me. I was about to just put my head down and pedal slow and just suck it up and just get miserable and just get ready and just just hope that it is that it that it ends. Hope that it's over. Right? And just keep pedaling and just keep hoping that it's over. Just keep my head down and just go as slow as I can like make sure that I keep moving my feet and it seemed like everyone was feeling that way I looked around people are just got their heads down they're dejected and they're just pedaling single file and they're going slow and they're cruising up the hill and then I go you know what 
um, instead of putting my mental energy into pushing through exhaustion or or allowing my mind space to be this this hill sucks, I said I'm going to find a way in my mind to not see the hill, to not see it. Like I'm, I'm not going to go there mentally of like this is so hard. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to do something different. And so I started singing songs. It's the same thing, the incantation. You know, psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac. I started singing songs. You know, there's a Led Zeppelin song which goes like, I only know the one line. It goes, I want to break free. I want to break free. And so I just started saying that, like, I want to break free. And then the body started responding. And then I started doing a, we will. All right, so I'm not sure what's going on with my recorder. I'm hoping that I am not out of space and that I can continue this recording like I've wanted to. But basically where I left off was I started singing songs going up the mountain. And first I was doing the incantation. I'm calling it an incantation. I'm not sure what it's called, but I was doing the thing of psycho, psycho, maniac, maniac that that kid showed me, and then I started singing songs. It was less aggressive, um, and it was where I was at. It was where I was physically at. It just felt good, and it, it, was, it was putting me in a positive mind state and just really just pushing me forward, making me propel, and I absolutely loved it. But I started singing songs on this last ride up the mountain. I started singing, We Will Rock You, um, I was doing uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, I was doing, you know, the uh, I want to break free. Not sure who that is. I think that's uh, Queen, right? Um, and I just kept rolling with it. Oh, I said, another one I came up with was Beast of Burden. I was like, I'll never be your beast of burden. I practice hard and my, my feet are hurting. Pretty, 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 make love to me. So, I'm rocking up the mountain and I'm flying. And I'm not sure if it got cut off in my last description um, and or if I got it on the record, but I'll repeat it again. As soon as I started doing this, I was flying. And I'm telling you, I caught up to everyone who passed me. They were way ahead. I have no idea how I made up that much distance. I mean, I went from barely being able to pedal, from drafting behind some, some old man who was actually really fit, really capable, and just suffering, to the next thing I know, I'm singing songs and I'm blazing up the mountain. And I'm looking at the hardest thing that I've seen all day, which is the full vision of this crazy steep last mountain that's going up. I'm looking at the full vision of it. It's right in my vision and it's at the end of the day I'm completely exhausted. I've, I've ridden you know 115 miles and this daunting task is in front of me completely wiped out and yet I'm singing I'm standing up on the pedals I'm pushing forward. I'm going faster than anybody. I pass the dude with the colorful bike. I pass the dude with the colorful uh, taped handlebars. And then I came up to the dude 
who was wearing blue with the clear glasses who just looked like completely fresh and just looked like a stud going up the mountain. And in my mind, you know, I was like, wow, like, you know, he's so far ahead of me. Like, when he passed me the first time going up the mountain, I was like, he's so far ahead of me. Like, this guy's just in way better shape than I am. Like, down to the core, like, he's just better than me. And the next thing I know, I see him, and I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this right now. I'm passing that dude. And he was actually stopped on the side of the road looking up at the last hill in actual disbelief and with a whole bunch of fear. I actually could see it in his face. He was like, holy hell, like, we got to climb this right now? Like, holy fuck. So I'm pedaling past him, singing songs, and I gave him some words of encouragement. Wanted to stop and actually ride up with him, um, but I continued on. I just didn't slow down my rhythm because he was stopped and I wasn't. So I blazed past him, kept singing songs, blazing past everybody else. And, you know, what was interesting to me, and I don't want to make this a story about, you know, oh, how I'm so great and I was blazing past people. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is I took an obstacle in my mind, this last hill, and I used the power of my mind to put myself into a different mindset, a different mind frame. And next thing I know, I'm flying up the hill. Next thing I know, this technique was so powerful that I'm flying past everyone else going up the same hill. And as I'm going past, I'm looking at the expressions on their faces. I'm seeing that they're in pain. I'm seeing that they're not enjoying themselves. Whereas me, I was 100% enjoying myself. My body was tired. I was at the limit of my physical capability. I mean, my muscles were fatigued, and there's only so much you can do at a certain point. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to use the power of your mind to, you know, do, you know, 60,000 pull-ups in a row. Like, you know, you, your muscles will get fatigued. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is the power of your mind can literally completely transform the way that your body performs. And it's really not a physical limit in the body that you're hitting, but it's more or less the mind state um, that's really, really uh, manifesting itself throughout the body. And if you get rid of the mind or put the mind into a good state, the effects on the body and the capacity of the body is profound. And I think that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for better optimization, better results in our lives. You know, we want to be able to perform better and not be tired all the time and, and doing these, you know, amazing feats and cool tasks and getting our goals and, you know, pushing ahead in life. So that's really what I'm getting at. So I get to the top, and they have ice cream there, and we did the ice cream, signed the board, everything's great, and... I go to leave. I, I showed up there for maybe, you know, 15 minutes. I go to leave, and I touch my back tire. It's completely flat, completely flat. And I know it didn't just happen because it was a slow leak. Um, the tire, if I pair it up, it actually holds the, the tire pressure for quite a while. So I'm pretty damn certain, about 99%, that this whole experience that I'm talking about, biking up this hill, I did on a flat tire. <laughs> I mean, a completely flat tire, and I'm, I was still blazing past people faster than almost anyone else. 
there's a couple studs who, who, who passed me up, and, and they were just awesome. Um, and that's the zone that I'm trying to tickle into. That's the, the zone that I'm trying to push towards and really unlock, you know, and, and see. You know, and there's people who are just doing incredible, incredible things, and the more power to them. I'm nowhere near um, the top or, you know, or anything like that, you know. In, in the in the pond that I swim in, I'm at about the 50% mark. <laughs> so um, we we can all improve, you know. That's that's for sure. So um, and then just one more experience. I I, I biked down, pedaled down, total euphoria, and I was right uh, before I got to the car. Um, there was this you know little girl, and there's all these people. I I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but that were outside their houses and just coming out to volunteer, and they would set up chairs. They're basically just spectators, and they'd set up, set up chairs and just watch the bikers go by, and they would ring bells and shout at people, and they'd have the same effect on me as the incantations did. You know, your brain is starting to go to a bad zone, you're starting to get tired, and then your brain goes to the bad zone, and the body follows. And then all of a sudden you hear a bell from somebody and they say, hey, hey, wow, you're amazing, keep going. And like scream and shout at you and clap. And I mean, it was just amazing to see all the different people coming together, all the different people like really supporting one another. It was a race, but it wasn't a race against each other. It was a race against our own potential. And everyone came out, including the people that were just sitting there on the side of the road or serving as water or volunteering. I mean, it was actually an incredible event. It was really a whole community event that came out and said, hey, we're human, let's thrive, whether you're on a bike or not. And all the people that I met, you know, riding next to me and giving me words of encouragement, showing me the different mentalities and how to go. So all that was incredible. And so in the midst of all that and all the people, um, there's a girl, little girl, uh, maybe nine or ten off the side of the road, and she goes, she goes, hey, Death Rider, you inspire me. And I got a little choked up, and I just raised my hand, raised my fist up, and, you know, she, I mean, one, she called me Death Rider, which is awesome you know, for completing all five paths. I mean, that was just, that felt good. And then for her to say that, you know, I inspire her at that young man in age. I mean, she really just, she gave me the truth, you know, and I mean, it was incredible. And, you know, I think back to the times when I was a kid and looking at incredible human beings doing incredible feats. My dad took me to Yosemite, and I remember specifically this moment in my life I'll never forget there was light on the face of Half Dome. And I asked my dad, what are those? I, didn't, I had no idea what it was. It was lights on the rock. And he explained to me that it was climbers, rock climbers, climbing up the face of Half Dome. And he explained to me that they would camp on the face, which absolutely blew my mind, that they would could rig themselves up and somehow sleep on the side of a sheer granite face. I mean, this granite face just 
looking at it. If you've never been, it's just looking at it is scary. And to think that humans are climbing it, and then to think that humans are sleeping on it, and then climbing up the next day, I was inspired. And the rush of fear that I felt just thinking of climbing it, and then realizing that there's people who have overcome this fear, who've been at a place in their life where they're technically skilled enough to actually, you know, overcome the fear and, and get up there and do this. I mean, just blew my mind. And so it was a really, really pivotal moment for me um, hearing that little girl say that, that, you know, now years later, of all the things that I've accomplished in my life and done, you know, she could say that she was inspired by me and that I'm inspiring other people. A lot of times we don't look at our accomplishments and, you know, we don't like to give ourselves credit for our accomplishments because we're not narcissistic. Um, we're humble people, you know, and that's the way it should be. It's a, it's a good thing to be that way. But what's even better is when we can really point out in other people when they've done well and really give them that validation. And we're all in this together. And so we're all pushing and doing our own things, but it's not just for us. It's really for each other that we're really doing this. So um, that was basically my experience climbing this mountain. And so if, you know, someone asks why we do this, and I asked, you know, why am I doing this ride? That, this, this is why. That's why I did it. It's not just to go into the suffering and go feel the pain and to push through. Um, but, man, the incredible nature, the, the incredible aspect of getting to where you, your body says to quit, your mind says to quit, and then you actually realize that that's not even close to your limit. And that if you shut that voice off, or change that voice into a song or into an incantation, the effects on your body and your performance are just absolutely profound. Um, the, the, the camaraderie that I experienced between, you know, hanging out with the British guy, the other British guy, all the random people. There's a, a lot of women that I met on the ride who I talked to and had amazing conversations with going up. I mean, we all did it together, riding with people, pushing people. The, the old man that I that I rode with and drafted. I mean, what an incredible experience! Like, who gets to do that? You know, meet some incredible, refined human being, and to spend an hour with him. You know, biking up a mountain in the California Alps. I mean, what an incredible experience! Um, feeling, you know, the effects of nutrition on my body. I mean, just eating and drinking water was, was a eye-opening, awareness-expanding experience. Um, because you're basically at the limit. Normally, you could eat nothing all day and, you know, I mean, what will it affect? Maybe nothing, to be honest. Um, at least you won't be aware that it affected you. Because you might just decide that day, say, say you don't eat in a day, 
you might just decide that day that, oh, yeah, I'm just going to lay around and just do nothing. And, oh, man, you're not very productive. And you're just like, okay. And then you identify that yourself with that. You go, oh, okay, you know, if you do that long enough, like, I'm not very productive. I'm not very productive. And you, your ego identifies with that, like, that's you. Like, somehow that's your fixed structure of your body. But in reality, we're constantly changing and evolving system. And if you just put gas in the tank, you could go a lot further. And so pushing yourself to the limit of there's no more fuel left in the tank. I ate, now there's fuel in the tank, makes it really simple to understand how nutrition affects the body. And not just understand, everyone knows that better nutrition gives you more energy. So you think, oh, okay, if I want more energy, I'll eat better. That's not motivating. That's not going to get you to change your behavior. But actually feeling over the course of the day your body getting tired and then getting that, getting replenished through food and then how different types of food can replenish you more and how certain types of food maybe make your stomach turn. Like really, really getting in tune with your body. That was an experience that I had that day, you know, yesterday. That was the experience that I got. I got in tune with my body. And I'd never be able to do that if I didn't push the limit of what I was capable of, if I didn't go into suffering, quote, unquote. You know, I don't know if you consider that suffering. I don't even know if I would consider it suffering anymore. It was an amazing, incredible day. I mean, it's a wonderful experience um, all the way through. You know, and it's really, really just a mind shift. So, um, and, you know, I'm not sure any other reasons why I did it, but those, I, I, I just knew that afterward the payoff would be huge. And then also just the follow through of knowing that I signed up for something that my mind was scared to do and that I thought was basically beyond my capability and then being able to do it, complete it, finish it. I mean, wow. What, what an accomplishment. And so now I can feel proud of that, right? And so I can take this pride into my next week, the next two weeks, the next three months, you know, and I can just roll off this win. I can roll this momentum into something else, you know, maybe into a business success. You know, I don't think that you have to necessarily just have physical success, you know, of running, running a marathon or go biking. You can have other successes as well, and each journey is going to teach you something different, but Man, pushing your limits physically will really get you in tune with your body. And getting out there and surrounding yourself with incredible people who are also doing the same thing will open your mind up in ways that you never even thought before. So, anyway, that's it. That's all i got to say. I think we got the recording done. And, um, yeah, so maybe I'll just release this. I think it's worthwhile to release it. I'm embarrassed to do it totally embarrassed to do it, uh, but maybe somebody will benefit from it, and why should I afford it to myself? I'm embarrassed because it's my voice, you know, and all my idiosyncrasies and my shortcomings and my faults and the weird way that I talk, and maybe I, when I listen to it back, I hear my weaknesses, but all that is about me, you know, Abram, 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 and the reason to release this is, is to share my experience so that other people can benefit. It doesn't matter if I'm embarrassed. It doesn't matter if there's something embarrassing in the audio for me. The 
sharing of the experience is <coughs> worth more, and that's the real purpose. Um, that's the real benefit. So I shouldn't hoard this experience to myself. I should release it despite my embarrassment uh, of, you know, hey, it's, it's me putting myself out there talking and people can hear, you know, my personality and blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, I won't rehash it. That's, I think I got my point across. So I'll just leave it at that. So, yeah, anyway, that's it, and uh, cheers, and uh, over and out, over and out, getting close to home, yo, over and out, all right, talk later, bye.